0: This is Jack Carr, bringing you 11 special episodes of the Terminal List podcast, to Danger Close, to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the Prime Video Series. Last year, I sat down with showrunner David DiGiulio and my friend, SEAL teammate, producer, and actor Jared Shaw, to break down each episode and bring you behind-the-scenes information from the Amazon Prime Video Adaptation of my first novel. This series features eight episode recaps and breakdowns, two listener question episodes, and a conversation with Chris Pratt. Enjoy. Over 60 men were killed in the worst special operations disaster in modern Residents history. Residents of Coronado, California were shocked by the brutal murder of Lauren Reese and her three-year-old daughter. Navy Lieutenant era. Commander James Reese survived the ambush, but is under investigation. Welcome to the Terminal List Podcast, an Ironclad original series presented by KC Cattle Company. I'm Jack Carr, author and creator of The Terminal List. On today's episode, I'm going to answer some questions from viewers and listeners and respond to a few critics. Let's do this. All right, here we go. Segment one, listener questions. What has it been like for your wife and kids to see their dad husband's book become a show? Do they think it's cool or does it not phase them? They are not impressed in the least. Uh, I think I was cool for maybe a minute, maybe two, when uh, Chris Pratt makes a video and sends it to to my daughter and to my, my son. And uh, they get to see Chris Pratt saying hi to them. And, you know, cool for as long as that video lasts and then right back to being dad. So, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> completely unimpressed with any of this same thing with the, uh, the Navy seal bit for those 20 years. Totally, totally unimpressed, so, <laughs> which is fantastic. Uh, here we go. Why did you change the Admiral's name from Pilsner in the book to pillar in the series? Great question. And I believe it was because there was already a name Pilsner attached to somebody or something like that. When you uh, submit scripts, they go through a legal review process where they look at every name and see if there's anybody out there that uh, has that name or you know whatever. So I think there was somebody that was either too close to that or something along those lines. So um and Simon and Schuster does that as well, but they didn't didn't catch it, or maybe it was somebody new or something like that. So had to make a little bit of a change. I believe that was the that was the reason there. Slight change. Slight change. Here we go. We can't see your eyes behind your sunglasses in your on-screen debut. Yes, episode three. Were your eyes closed in your final scene, or were you peeking? Hmm. Did you get your SAG card for being on camera? Yes, I did get my SAG card for being on camera. And were my eyes closed? I have to guess that they were. I was probably trying to be as still as possible. A um, stunt coordinator talked to me about holding my breath and how the cameras were going to be. And so I had to hold my breath so they wouldn't see the rise and fall of my chest as Chris is leaning across after he kills me. And uh, uh, reaching across for that file. So I uh, held my breath. And I, I'm guessing that my, my eyes were closed, but I don't. Don't really remember. Good question. But it's a cool scene. And for those wondering, it's really cool how they do that, how they put bullet holes in glass. And I didn't know until I was doing the scene. But uh, you're, you're in there in the car, and then they have these little mortar tubes that look like straws that are attached to the dash just below where the camera uh, can't see them. if there's, The camera's looking through the window. And there's somebody over there with an iPad. And as Chris shoots in through the windshield, or I shoot out through the windshield, he hits a button. On the iPad, and it uh, it sends a uh, well, my little explosion, boom, sends a a little ball bearing into the windshield, and obviously cracks the windshield. So um, I thought that was pretty cool how they did that. What was your favorite episode of the season and why? That is a very good question, and. I don't know. I loved, maybe I love different scenes from different episodes. Maybe. Um, we just talked about it on this podcast in the last two that dropped about episode seven, having so many great lines in there. Um, geez, I really like, uh, Catherine Dyer's line, um, in the beginning of episode six where she, oh, she's talking to, to James Reese. Um, Let's see. Gosh, I don't know which episode is my is my favorite. I love the ending. It's so emotional. Um, oh, I don't know. Uh, probably, yeah, different scenes in every episode. I probably have a favorite in each uh in each episode, I would, I would guess. But once again, I'm just thrilled that this uh this got made to begin with. So all right. Next up, my response to negative reviews. This from The Guardian by Benjamin Lee. Let's see. It's astonishingly pedestrian and aggressively unexciting stuff. Oh, aggressively unexciting. My goodness. A flat and all too easy to predict revenge saga that plays by the basest of rules. Our embittered hero violently working his way through the bad guys like he's in a video game all the way to the boss level. Hilariously, he does cross them off a handwritten list, which he allows for the unintentionally incredible line, stay off my list. Love that line. Love that line. Sorry, Benjamin Lee. How Carr has turned Reese into a five-book franchise is a genuine mystery. Yes, Benjamin Lee. He will never get it. For those who might have curiously added it to the summer's watch list, I'd recommend, it. recommend crossing it straight off. Oh, I see what you did there, Benjamin Lee. Kind of clever, kind of clever. All right, TV Guide. Seal's fondness for hatchets is featured in one of the most gruesome scenes I've ever seen on television. <laughs> wow, you would not like what we left on the cutting room floor <laughs> in edits. It was a tad bit more gruesome, as you say. And the operators have beards and tattoos in a way that's true to life even if the Department of Defense doesn't like to acknowledge it. Oh, they don't like to acknowledge those beards and tattoos. Oh, Liam, you've got us. Sometimes it gets a little too authentic. Hmm. The military jargon in the first few episodes is so thick that it's like watching a foreign show without subtitles. If you understand that we've got heavy contact means people are shooting at us, you'll respect the terminal list. If you have to stop and think about it, it might take you out of the moment. Yeah, if you have to stop and think about what that means, um, good luck in the game of life. (laughs) The dialogue gets more normal as the show progresses, though. And even when it's hard to understand, it's still kind of cool. Liam, I take back everything I was thinking about you. You still, all right. And he finishes up here saying, I now know what we've got heavy contact means. And that makes me happy. Liam Matthews. TVLine.com. By Dave Nimitz or something. The Terminalist Review. Chris Pratt's military thriller is terminally bad. I mm, see what you did there, Dave. Yep. A brutally violent and deadly serious military drama slash revenge thriller. The Terminalist is like the Fugitive meets SEAL Team meets a Don't Tread on Me Truck Decal. Don't Tread on Me Truck Decal. You know, I expect somebody from The Guardian maybe to go back to the 1700s and take the side of uh, the British because it's The Guardian. But... TVLine.com, disappointed in you. Here we go. (laughs) It's punishingly grim and hopelessly boneheaded, but at least it's something new for the Amazon algorithm to recommend to your dad after he's done watching Jack Ryan and Reacher. Dave, come on now. It's a pretty basic setup for a paranoid conspiracy thriller, but the scripts, based on the Jack Carr novel, are woefully short on actual thrills. In their place, were served up huge helpings of red meat masculinity and heavy-handed symbolism. Oh, and lots and lots of American flags. Jeez, don't tread on me truck decals first, and now not liking those American flags. TV line, man. Here we go. Oh, there's more. The dialogue is generic, but it's also beside the point. It's just a way to move us along to the next action scene. Eh, Gamerant.com by someone named Raven Brunner. It's a psychological thriller that is just dark enough to be interesting and contains just enough twists. To be engaging, but in the end, it leaves its viewers unamused by Pratt's James Reese, a vengeful vengeful soldier who drinks, curses, and fights a lot. A sailor, actually, but, and is created by a guy whose Father's Day gift guide includes 13 guns and a U.S. flag cutting board. Once again, Game Rant also not on board with the American flag, Uh, and my Father's Day gift guide actually contained only 11 guns, but there were a few other things on there that did look scary, so I'll give that to you. The show boasts military and pharmaceutical conspiracies, but leaves viewers with nobody but the good guy with a gun to trust. <laughs> All of which the creators make obvious within the first half of the series. Not liking that good guy with a gun, are we, Raven? Mm. The Terminalist falls in the category of had high potential television shows. It offers a storyline and characters that are Hardly explored with enough caution. Social awareness. Ah, oh, Raven, I see you're looking for that social awareness. Yeah, maybe there's other shows for you. And expertise to do justice. In this series, it had a, writer, a writer's team comprised of individuals with military experience. Not liking that either. Right. Here we go. Comicbook.com. Okay, here we go. By Nicole Drum. Let's see there is something about military thrillers that no matter your general interests, has appeal. Hmm. A mix of action, conspiracy, and if done right, exploration of the human condition. Stories that place man against the machine of an organization much larger than themselves usually seems to satisfy the need for a bit of escapism while also allowing the viewer to indulge in some of their own questions. Who hasn't wondered if authority is up to something nefarious from time to time? Prime Video's latest entry in that genre, The Terminal List, an adaptation of the Jack Carr novel of the same name, on the surface seems like something that would not only fit the bill, but be a standout with its story of a Navy SEAL who uncovers a conspiracy that pits his own government against him. Unfortunately, while the opportunity is there, the series doesn't fully deliver, and instead fails its mission. a little clever line. While the series does make some solid improvements on Carr's (laughs) novel—thank you, I guess— specifically, the series tightens up and streamlines some of the relationships so that they make more logical sense, and weeds out some of the book's weirdly gratuitous details about Reese's love of coffee, guns, and land cruisers, while also somehow humanizing him a bit more. not liking that coffee gun or land cruiser? (laughs) Oh, well— There are some motivational changes regarding the conspiracy that feel almost like they're trying to Thanos the story. Hmm. By that, I mean they are trying to offer at least some understandable but horrifically flawed rationale that's clearly intended to spark large questions about the way the armed forces approach mental health. Yeah, all right. Fairly thoughtful, Nicole. Have you tried Kansas City Cattle Company? If not, why not get after it? Here we go. Kansas City Cattle Company. That's KCCattleCompany.com. Check them out. Veteran owned and operated. Look at this right here. They have Wagyu beef flat iron steak. This is delicious. One of my favorites. All sorts of steaks. Don't have the fillets out here because I ate them all. Same thing with the tomahawks, which are incredible. And what else we have? Wagyu beef bavette. I don't know if I'm staying that right, but the bavette, B-A-V-E-T-T-E steak, highly recommended. Absolutely love this cut right here. If you haven't heard of this cut, go to that website, kccattlecompany.com. Check it out. And what is this one here? This is the Wagyu beef Kansas City strip steak, also a favorite. And then the kids love burgers made with this stuff. So this is the Wagyu beef right here amazing burgers with this uh all sorts of stuff on that side here we go beef chorizo right here but uh go check them out for sure veteran owned and operated again and that is Company.com slash jack car and use code jack car 15 that's j-a-c-k-c-a-r-r 15 check them out for sure veteran owned and operated love these guys awesome stuff. In fact, I am going to go fire up the smoker right now and throw something on. Thanks guys. Here we go. Slashfilm.com by Valerie Ettenhofer. Hmm. In <laughs> Prime Video's new series, The Terminal List, a thoroughly rotten action thriller, <laughs> Navy SEAL James Reese, Chris Pratt, goes on an exhaustive and obsessive public killing spree, all while nearly every character around him incessantly calls him a good guy. The cognitive dissonance between the actions of the show's hero and the inexplicable allegiance he inspires from everyone around him is ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> The show may as well be called my my poor little meow meow the series. Valerie, I don't think that quite has the, the ring to it, uh, but the right wing. But anyway, yeah, but we'll take it under advisement. That's the best I can do. The Terminalist initially seems to belong to an often questionable but clearly popular action subgenre, one filled with men who are coded as American heroes, killing lots of people in the name of intangible qualities like justice or freedom. Though many of these stories are offensive, others can have a certain quasi-exploitation movie appeal for action fans, and a handful are genuinely good. The problem with the terminal list is that it works overtime to make sure its depressing revenge saga can't be mistaken as either escapism or art. Valerie, that's just unkind. The show is deadly serious and moralizing, thwarting any attempt to see it as a no-strings-attached fictional thriller by having characters pointingly insist at every turn that Reese is doing the best right thing. I'm pretty sure the guy we've been chasing is the victim, a random soldier says somberly late in the series. Well, it's not really a random soldier it's uh, it's a main character really it's uh jd pardo playing the uh, tony leon who is uh, an fbi agent but uh okay that's all right and it's just one of the many eye-rolling interjections that tells us how we should feel about the man The overly blatant scripts leave no room for nuance. The show scratches the surface of real issues that impact veterans, only to abandon them repeatedly in favor of its protagonist's ceaseless single-minded mission. Which is kind of the point of the series, but okay. Unlike James Reese, who can't and won't stop drawing red lines through his enemies, you should probably cross the terminal list off your watch list and be done with it. Valerie... (laughs) <laughs> all right here's another one the playlist.net by brian Teller prime video has developed a sizable portion of its programming that could be called dad tv without trying to stigmatize or stereotype their viewers in the slightest the truth is that shows like Bosch, jack ryan and reacher all appeal to a relatively similar audience they're all based on hit series of books with male protagonists who generally subscribe to an old-fashioned code while also trying to adapt it to a changing world. It makes perfect sense that a TV adaptation of the novels of Jack Carr would get a big budget from a streaming giant, a former Navy SEAL who writes books about military heroes that have an admittedly conservative worldview. Carr pens page-turners with titles like True Believer and Savage Son. One of the most popular novels from the Naval Special Warfare vet was the 2018 thriller The Terminal List, now an eight-episode series starring Chris Pratt and Constance Wu. Yes. Will the target audience for The Terminal List care that it should be better? Jack Carr is a strong white right-wing personality. <sighs> Strange that uh, that freedom uh, and, uh, and right-wing get uh, linked together these days. The source material here apparently contains, oh, apparently contains, so Brian didn't read it, (laughs) conservative talking points and liberal takedowns that have been reduced even if one can still sense the project's political stance, and there's not a lot of television that appeals to that audience. Oh, he's just sensing it, man. Brian. That sixth sense of yours. Yep. A big budget action series that plays to Fox News viewers feels like a slam dunk for Prime Video, especially with the timing of an Independence Day premiere. And you were right. Number one series on Prime Video. After fireworks, barbecue, and a few beers, it should get the job done with the same brutal simplicity as its protagonists. Too bad that no one will remember it by the end of summer. Wow. Man, these last lines are real zingers, you guys. My goodness. Got a couple others here before I finish up here. So these ones are, let's see, how about a mean tweet? should we do that? Mean tweet here. Yes, here we go. This person says, uh, Jack, just some of the really awful items in your series were the gratuitous violence, your characters using terrorist tactics and tools, a poor plot line and many other poor choices. Well, uh, using terrorist tactics and tools, that was kind of the plot. Uh, So anyway, maybe do a little more research in the future. But uh, eh, oh well, what can you do? This one comes from Instagram. It says, your show sucks. (laughs) All right. Not for everybody. Uh, Here we go. This one. uh, Yeah, let's see this one here. It says, suck ass Hollywood. All right. By someone named Brad F. I won't say his last name here. I've purchased my last of your books. I've enjoyed your books and recommend them to friends. However, after watching the debacle that you agreed to with Hollywood, I can no longer purchase anything you write. Yours was only slightly less horrendous than insert other show by another author that's that's on TV and signed Squid. Oh, well, I'm, Brad, it certainly is not for everyone. So I'm sorry to see you go. All right, there we go. Those are always fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Terminalist Podcast, an Ironclad original series brought to you by KC Cattle Company. If you like the show, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me at Jack Carr USA on the social channels. OfficialJackCarr.com is the website. You can sign up for the newsletter there and hit shop for the merch. And until the next time, take care out there. Be safe. Stay strong. Keep fighting.